do the way. Hey, 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 All right, everybody, welcome back to the Troy Boys Podcast. I'm very excited uh, to join you today and most excited to welcome the chairman of the board, Seabass. How are you doing, Seabass? I'm doing well, blessed and highly favored. Happy to be here today, Joe. Oh, thank you, sir. And uh, Bird, obviously, uh, unfortunately, cannot be with us today. Uh, so all the best to the bird as he flies around the friendly skies of central Alabama this morning. Uh, obviously, we are coming to you after the end of the season uh, Troy with a pretty embarrassing defeat uh, to the Georgia State Panthers over at Center Park in Atlanta. Seabass uh, and I actually were able to attend that game together, uh, took a little Trojan road trip and um, made some recordings, talked to each other on the mic uh, at the beginning of the game and at halftime. So, Bird, if you will roll that beautiful bean footage. Okay, folks, we are at halftime of the Troy Georgia State game. It is 17 to three. Uh, the Trojans just kicked a field goal basically to end the first half. Uh, I am here with the chairman of the board, Seabass. Um, Seabass, what did you see there? Um, I saw the Panthers handling and control of basically all phases of the game. Um, you know, that. The Trojans have some some potent weapons on offense, and defensively we're playing all right, but we can't rely on them to, to sustain the game. Uh, offensively, I feel like our court, current quarterback, being Gunnar Watson, is not the call. Um, currently he's about half and half on receptions, but you know uh, the other half of receptions, if you're actually watching the game, you'll see that they're not even close. It almost like he looks like he's trying to ground the ball in front of somebody's feet, which is a dangerous game to play. Um, you know, Georgia State has been rather potent on the defense, which is what's kept them in, in the conference this year uh, for the running run. So I, I genuinely feel that we, we need a change at quarterback. We need a change in, in offensive leadership. I, I feel like defensively we're doing what we do status quo. It's nothing new. Um, but offensively, I feel like we've taken a step back, even with Chip Lindsey being gone. Uh, I, I feel like we're either running the ball on first down or pulling the bubble screen. Uh, that's kind of what been most of the plays have been on the first two downs of offense, and then we're trying to scramble for something on third. And uh, that, that's not the direction we need to be taking. Yeah, unless you think we're a couple keyboard warriors. Seabass uh, has been out here in front of Gunnar Watson's mom, grandmom, grandpop, and uncle uh, calling uh, for – Gunner to get pulled. I've had uh, my fingers up in the air for number seven. Uh, I, th I think we, we've got to make a change at halftime. Hoping Brandon Hall has the acumen to do that. On defense, I'm not even as forgiving as you are. Uh, Greg, their halfback, has, boy, he has been uh, the exact kind of weapon you need in this conference. Every time they snap the ball and hand it to him, you're talking about four, five, five, six, yards. seven, eight yards. Um, and if we can't stop that, we've had a few great plays. Um, but, I mean, it does always come back to even when we've made some big plays. They muffed a punt return. Uh, we got a hold of a fumble at one point in the end zone. Um, but, you know, as a defense, it's got to become um, really dis discouraging. You know, you come up with a big play. You give the offense the ball back. They hold the ball for 46 seconds. They go three and out. Uh, and, they, and you're right back out there. 
you know, in worse position than you were. Um, I'm sure it's hard to, to stay encouraged. Um, it is only 17 to three. Uh, the score should be a lot worse. Um, we were not we were not playing a game that suggests we should only be down two touchdowns. Seabass, uh, what do the Trojans need to do in the second half um, in order to, to get back in this and, and make it a game? I think we need to make some minor adjustments on offense. I feel like we need to not be predictable. Currently right now, first down predictability is a run up the gut for two yards. Predictability on second down is either a screen or a slant pass for four or five yards. Uh, we need to not be predictable on offense. Defense, defensively, we're where we're supposed to be. Georgia State, on paper, is a better team than us. So they should be executing better on our defense. I think offensively we need to be able to strike, and uh, I, I feel like that that's what we need to do to take care of this game. Special teams, I know we didn't really bring them up much, but like you were saying earlier, they're what's, they're what's keeping us in the game. You know, and we never bring them up on the pod, but the special teams truly are what's keeping us in this game right now. And I, I commend all of our players that are out there on special teams making the making the plays that we need to see out there uh, for the muff punt uh, to the uh, what, what what was it the uh, uh, the field goal right the there field goal, the field goal yeah the field goal at the end yeah, that, yeah I mean those three points right there are change them around changing the way that people think of us going into the end of halftime. Uh, you know, if it was 17 to zero versus 17 to three, that'd be a different game. So there's three points. People going into into the locker rooms and they're saying, "Man, we can, we can score some points on them." Right. Uh, and we need to just seal the deal. We need to change some things on offense, and we can do it. I mean, I, Mike Leach a couple weeks ago at Auburn did this. Yeah. You know, he was down more points and pulled it out. He just made some offensive adjustments. We need to come in and make some offensive adjustments, and we can pull this out. Well, and we and we've had some long passes. Um, uh, you know, we've had some that were completed. Gunner's got some things down the field. Um, he's also, I mean, this is not going to be a popular opinion, depending on how the second half goes, but he's had some long passes that have hit guys square in the hands um, and, and have come off of them and, and not been able to make it. Uh, one of the fumbles, he got the ball to Tez Johnson. Tez goes out on the screen, fights through a few blocks, and then puts the ball on the ground. Um, that's not a Gunner problem. However, combined with all the other kind of poor performance, it does start to, to make a body of work. Um, and what we thought earlier that, you know, maybe players were playing harder for Gunner, um, you know, now it seems like that's not as much of an advantage. Uh, so maybe throwing Taylor out there, seeing what Taylor can do, um, not such a terrible idea. Um, yeah, so I, I, I agree. Saying. It's time to think about the future. Um, uh, you know, assuming, not, not saying that we won't, but assuming that we don't win this game, Right. Uh, this is it, you know. So it's time to put somebody who's coming in behind a little, put them in game, let them see what they can do, so that somebody in the future can make an executive decision. This is the game that a future coach is going to look at and say, "What do I have? Right. Is this is this a team I want to pick up or not?" Right. And uh, right now, it's it's not a strong showing on offense, and I feel like we need to make some minor adjustments in order to pull in the best coach we could possibly find. Yeah. So you saying that? Do you think we should consider bringing Kyle Tool in? Currently, third-string quarterback who will be here next year over Taylor Powell, who's mercenary after this. This is this is it for him. No, I, I want to see Taylor play just a little bit to see if we can get us back into the game. Um, if we get to the back half of the third quarter and there's no real changes, yeah, it's time. It's time to put Tool in, take the white uh, – not the white, the yellow cap off yeah. and put him back in the game. Um, and let's just see what we got because that, that truly is the future of Troy football, whether the fans want to agree with me or not. Uh, that, that's just the way it is. That's the, yeah, it's not Gunnar Watson. No, um, we've, we've, I think that's one thing we've learned here today in Atlanta, uh, along with the fact that potato croquettes uh, are amazing. 
and Gwen Dibden horseradish ale. I so. agree. That's fantastic. So, all right, folks, we are going to get back in. We're going to have a, uh, a little bit more marinade, get, make sure that we're ready to go, uh, and then we will come back to you live from Center Park uh, Crazy Carnival Ikea Stadium uh, after the game with a live reaction. Um, so uh, for the chairman of the board and myself, we're the Troy Boys live on location. Go Trojans. And for everything that is good and decent, God, God bless, bless you, Blaze Brown. Brown. All right, so Seabass, obviously, uh, listening to that takes me back. Um, we were, uh, I would say, more marinated than we are right now, um, especially in that, in that halftime take. Uh, we were feeling good, except for what we were watching. Um, you know, overall, we, we don't have to break down strengths and weaknesses, mainly because there weren't many strengths. Um, what was kind of your takeaway of the first and final game of the Brandon Hall era of Troy football? Um, part of me was disappointed, uh, and not and not so much in the performances. I, I was mostly disappointed for those who came back for their final year of eligibility, um, those seniors who were, were ultimately done. You know, this was the opportunity that they had to be bowl eligible, um, and it, it wasn't what they signed up for originally as freshmen. Um, and I feel like we kind of dropped the ball. Uh, if you watched, literally, if you had watched the game, uh, you would see that the offensive scheme was so predictable that somebody like me, who is not an offensive coordinator, uh, somebody who is not well-versed in uh, deep offensive schemes, I can get you to high school, but as far as, you know, D1 college caliber, I shouldn't be able to sit there and figure out what your next play is. Um, and it, you could formula, you know, first down, we're running it up the gut. Second down, it was either a bubble screen or a slant for 15 yards. It was one of the two. Third down, scramble for what we got. Um, and I feel like that that ultimately is what killed us. Uh, you know, it, defensively, they were there. They were trying their best to keep us in the game like they have every week. But offensively, it just wasn't there. And I think that that's a testament to the fact that Braden Hall is not an offensive guy. Um, and, uh, you know, he didn't have a lot of time to develop anything. He just kind of had to run with what he had. Um, so uh, from a fan base standpoint, it's disappointing. But at the same time, you got you to keep yourself in line of he had one week to prepare. And that's not enough time to develop something that's meaningful to his career. Well, and it's, you know, Chip wasn't the only problem. That's what we learned. And, and as I think we all in our heads, uh, we knew that. But in our hearts, it was tempting to think, OK, Chip's gone. Everything's going to be better and, you know, sunny days. Um, I mean, obviously, when the D.C. becomes the interim coach and doesn't immediately name the offensive coordinator, the play caller, I mean, that shows you that the what's going on in, in the coaches' offices even, there's just toxicity there, um, you know? And, and I think it also probably shows that the reports you saw, particularly on Troy fans and just conversations I had with guys, a lot of the players liked Chip. Um, you know, we didn't like him. He wasn't a big media guy. He wasn't very friendly to fans. But a lot of the players liked him. And there, there's no 
there's no telling why that is. Why why do players like some coaches and not others? And Alabama players love Nick Saban. The media hates Nick Saban. Um, you know, so it's it just it it all depends. Um, but but you know, I don't think the guys were in a celebratory mood the way the fans were. Um, also, on a personal note, I'll just say I was a little disappointed. Um, I think if you told me Troy had more fans in Atlanta than Georgia State, I'd believe you. They, they might have outnumbered us a little bit. It's such a strange stadium uh, to try to gauge. But there were a good number of Trojans there. Uh, but, boy, were we – it was like having 2,000 people come to a wake, you know. I mean, it was just – it was very, very quiet. Um, if people were making noise – um, you know, there was the kind of the signature of Troy, uh, sit down and shut up, stink eye, uh, sometimes even a little more vocal. Um, so I just want to, you know, reiterate this all the time, but as Troy fans, we, if we want better, we have to do better. It's not enough just to attend. We do that very well. We're either number one or number two in attendance all the time in the Sun Belt, uh, but we got to start showing up, um, and really making some noise. I understand people are there because, they have guys on the team. I understand people are there because they have um, husbands and brothers or whatever, fathers that are coaching the team. Uh, well, you know, in, in 20 or 25 years, guys like Sebastian and I, graduates of the school, fans of the team, we're still going to be there. You're going to be long gone. Um, and that's fine. We want you there. Um, you deserve to come watch your son play or watch your, you know, your relative coach. But understand when it comes to the hierarchy of fans um, that are claiming kind of their rightful space, I always go first to the people that are there just because they love the team and because they love the university. So um, to the Troy fans listening, hey, let's let's do better. It's a new day um, and let's let it be a, a new day for for Troy fans. Um, CBS, if you won't mind letting me indulge a little bit, um, there has been some action on Troy fans um, with folks trying to migrate into section 116 in the stadium. Um, there have been five or six families uh, that have talked about section 116. Um, there are some people in that section already that kind of stand and make noise throughout the game. Uh, and on the message board now here today in this episode, I'm putting out a call. If you're a Troy fan, you like to make noise and you like to get involved in the game and you have season tickets, um, talk to the ticket office request section uh, 116 tickets uh, and let them know what you're doing. Let them know why you want to be in that section. Uh, and hopefully we can get some kind of designation. I don't know if it's going to be the Cardinal crazies or the screaming Legion or what it's going to be. Um, but if we can get the people that want to make noise and want to get involved, I guarantee you that section will be louder than all the other non-student sections combined. Uh, and there will be absolutely zero doing of the wave in that section. Absolutely zero. Um, Seabass, any final thoughts uh, on this year uh, before we turn the page? Uh, no, I think you kind of summed it up pretty well. Um, and, you know, it was put on Troy's Facebook page the other day that this is truly a new era of Troy football, and it begins now. Um, you know, uh, hats off to the uh, search committee and athletic director Brent Jones for bringing in John Summerall. This is something that we at Troy Boys had talked about as being one of the top three potential candidates. And, you know, I, I think I speak for all three of us that we're, we're truly happy uh, with the selection of head coach John Summerall. Um, the news broke, if you didn't know, the news broke on Thursday, December 2nd, in the evening that we, uh, we have acquired assistant coach, co-defensive coordinator from Kentucky, John Summerall, to be the next head coach of our Troy Trojans beginning with the 2022 uh, athletic season. And I'm really looking forward to see what he's got 
um, in front of us. And uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on the hire? Oh, absolutely ecstatic. You know, you watch other fan bases do this and it's tempting to make fun of them, you know, and you're like, okay, this guy's not going to be on the field throwing passes for you or blocking for you, making tackles. Why are you getting so excited? But then it's your school and you're getting these hype videos every day. I mean, I'm, ex- I'm ecstatic. I mean, I, um, I was personally a Derek Ainsley guy um, throughout kind of the search process. Um, not that that mattered, but um, you know, it was, I think I was convinced this was the right decision um, just from the videos that came out, you know, he, he wasn't, in, he wasn't in Troy for an hour before he was meeting with the entire team, the guys there. And then even having guys up on zoom on the, on the big board behind him, some guys in their car, you know, um, they're obviously back at home or whatnot. Um, you know, so, I mean, the fact is while I think there were several names that would have done a great job, John Summerall is the kind of guy that you can tell he had a plan in his mind. Okay, when I become the head coach somewhere, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D. Um, and that, to me, is extremely exciting. I think he's an intense guy. There's been kind of a, a meme, a joke around Troy fans about watching that video where uh, that Lawrence Times uh, narrates and trying to have a staring contest with Coach at the end, you know, and it's impossible to win. He's got these kind of gaze that looks right through you. Um, but I mean, I, I, I'm just really excited. What do you think about the hire? Uh, I'm excited. He came in day one talking about culture, you know, and, and I feel like that that's something. And, and I talked about that when we originally talked about who is the next head coach, it has to be somebody who wants to establish a culture at Troy and understands what previous experience means, understands what previous expectations mean. And he's come in talking about those things already. One of my favorite quotes that I've seen on any of the hype videos that's up there, there's probably a dozen already out there. One of my favorite ones is something to the effect of success doesn't come when you're comfortable. So if you're comfortable right now, you need to learn to be uncomfortable. And I feel like that that is something that, you know, I stress, you know, whenever I'm out there teaching and coaching, uh, it's something that I feel like is truly important is that you you cannot progress whenever you're sitting there comfortable with where you're at. Um, and, and I feel like that that's something that he's really brought in. He's bringing in a culture of we, we are striving for success no matter what we're doing, whether it's on the field off the field, classroom, practice, personal in life. And I'm looking forward to what he's going to bring as far as gameplay with the culture he's willing to bring in. Absolutely. This is going to be a really exciting kind of December because not only do we have him, if you go to the Troy University football roster right now and you click on coaches, there's one picture. That's John Summerall. I mean, so it is obvious that, you know, not only culture among the players, He's making it known that, you know, this is a new sheriff in town. And we don't know who the deputies are going to be yet. Maybe Brandon Hall stick around. Uh, maybe Al Pogue, who's a favorite, Davern Williams. Um, but I, I think he's making it clear that he's going to build the best staff. Um, it's, it's been made clear that one of the sticking points in negotiations uh, was him looking for more money for an assistant pool, um, which is something Neil did when he was here. Um, so that's incredibly important. He wants to bring good people, and you have to have money to do that. Um, and so I, I think it's going to be very exciting. I, I think, uh, you know, if you're like me, there's going to be several times in the next 10 days when your phone does that, na 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 and you look down and there's, there's something from Pike County um, telling you who's there uh, as far as who's going to be offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. I think we're going to have a very different looking staff. And I, I think that's great. Um, just the kind of new, new beginning, new era that we need. Um, so, so I'm very excited about it. Even though Bird is not here, I do want to make sure that we honor some of the best in the nest. 
uh, from throughout the year. And luckily, CBAS, the Sunbelt Conference uh, has done the hard work for us and uh, that several Trojans named uh, to all Sunbelt teams. Uh, would you like to go through that or, or would you like me to? Uh, you can go through those and uh, we'll, we'll just kind of comment. We can go uh, one team at a time, I guess, and we'll kind of reflect on each three teams. Perfect. Let's start with our honorable mentions. Um, first, we have KJ Robertson, uh, uniform model extraordinaire. Um, then Reddy Stewart, um, who made a couple huge plays for us. Um, Cameron Kay, who we'll talk about a little bit more at the end of this list as well. Um, and Kamani Vidal. Um, all those guys definitely had an impact. The name that sticks out to me um, is Kamani Vidal. I think this is a guy who um, had several times in the year where he looked like he was about to be special. Um, and the good news is he didn't graduate. I, I think we're going to see some really special games out of him in the future. Uh, which of those guys jumped out the most at you? I agree. I feel like Vidal was the was the big jump out there at me. You know, it, it, I'm really excited to see what um, Coach Summerall does with him and develops him into a formidable running back. I'm really excited to see what happens out of that. Absolutely. Uh, for the all Sunbelt third team, um, three big names here, Tez Johnson, uh, TJ Harris, and Richard Juvenor. Um, for me, Richard Juvenor, an Auburn product, um, I always – I love when he makes a big play, and he made a bunch of them this year because I remember you and I talking about him um, when he got to Troll, when he transferred. I was excited about him, and you said, you know, there's a lot of buzz about him. Let's kind of see how it pans out. Um, and I would say this year it definitely panned out well for the Trojans. How about you? Uh, the sophomore, Tez Johnson, out of Pinson Valley. I'm excited to see what happens there. You know, he, he had a really successful year this year. And uh, he's still got a couple years left on his belt. So uh, looking forward to his future as well. For sure. The all Sunbelt second team, all linemen, offensive and defensive for us. Uh, two offensive linemen, Austin Stidham and Dylan Bradshaw. And then defensive lineman, Will Cholo. Um, Dylan Bradshaw, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to meet Dylan. Um, and I'll just say he's one of those guys um, he was a great player on the field. Also, just a, a Troy guy. You know, I think we're going to be hearing from him in the future. I think he's going to stick around this university um, and just an all around great guy on and off the field. Uh, which of those guys do you want to highlight, see that? Uh, you know, bring on Will Cholo, you know, a good, good, good man out there in the backfield, some good tackles, a couple sacks on the season. Uh, you know, a real formidable part of our defense. And that's really kind of kept us in the season this year. Um, so I, I congrats, hats off to Will Cholo. And then the first team, all Sunbelt honors, both of these guys, uh, we could do a whole podcast about them, Carlton Marshall and Javon Solomon. Um, I'll take the harder one, so I'll give you the slam dunk on this one. Uh, Javon Solomon involved in several big memorable plays um, from this year, just kind of a ball hawking guy, um, and really, really, really excited to see what the future holds for him. Uh, an absolutely amazing athlete. Carlton Marshall, product of Mobile, Alabama, McGill Tool in high school. Uh, he has been a stud for a long time, okay? Uh, starting his freshman year, he's been on the All-American team. You know, fantastic uh, uh, member of the Troy Trojans uh, offense. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, another one. Well, he's got one year left, right, of eligibility, right? He's, he's currently acting as a senior, so he's got one more year left. Looking forward uh, to it, and hats off. You know, first team of any conference is, is an accomplishment. Um, so hats off to both of these gentlemen. 
Right. And lastly, I do want to honor, we, we talked about him as an honorable mention, I believe. I definitely want to um, honor Cameron Kay, the first ever Best in the Nest award winner. He's racked up some more awards. Um, he's going to the Hula Bowl, um, which is um, kind of a, a, an honorary all-star game. He's also going to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Um, he already graduated from Troy, um, cum laude with his degree in exercise science back in 2020 and is going to finish his master's degree in exercise science. Um, he's had over 500 snaps for Troy and a 99.8% success rate. I'd say that is pretty amazing. Um, so just hats off to Cameron Kay. Uh, what a great career that young man has had. Um, yeah. Oh. Oh, get 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 the phone. There it is. That's uh, it. Yeah. I, I promised I would talk about it, so it's calling on the sure. phone. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, again, hats off to all these gentlemen. You know, re really good work this year. And uh, I'm correcting myself. I can't believe I made that mistake. Carlton Marshall's member of our defense. That slipped out my mouth. And we'll fix that next time. Uh, Carlton Marshall again. Good job. Yeah. No. Hey, I've been telling people all year that Taylor Powell's done um, after this season. He's a junior, so I mean, I'm 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 sending him back to Fayetteville early. Um, but um, so as we move on, congrats to all those Trojans. Um, upset with kind of the results of the season, um, but really, really um, some fantastic play and some guys that gave their all uh, through some tough period of transition here for Troy. So we certainly appreciate it and commend you uh, and look forward to seeing you, uh, some of you guys now um, as fellow fans in the stadium. As we look forward, Seabass, obviously uh, the fans have a lot of questions. Uh, and one thing that we do now at Troy Boys, and we look forward to doing every episode moving forward, we get those questions, and instead of putting them in a you know a question box like a, other boring podcasts would do, we put them in a tackle box because we got a bass here, and so we're going to find out each week is the bass going to is he tricky enough to get that worm or is he going to get hooked? So bass, I'm going to open up the tackle box this week. We got somebody that wrote into the boys, and they they basically. Um, I say they're a little bit of, of a negative Nancy. They're not, they're not as excited about all this stuff with John Summerall coming to town. And they want to know what, what should Troy fans really expect? What's a, what's a, um, what is a reasonable expectation? Okay. So we got this new coach, but what does it really mean? What should Troy fans expect to go bowling? That was his, his exact question. Um, but I think if you can talk a little more generally about um, what are your expectations? What do you think Troy fans, um, what, what kind of record next year, do you think a Troy fan should should go? Okay, that's you know that's that's respectable. That's what should have been expected. Well, what should we expect? Um, year one, you should expect kind of a rebuilding culture, um, repositioning of what you currently have um, as far as talent pool, and then really start promoting um, recruiting. Which I, I'm really excited that we got the higher end before. Uh, early signing day, we got the higher end before the, the bulk of the recruiting season um, as far as signing periods. Um, so I, I think that that's something we should expect in the first year is kind of a, a rebuild um, to kind of align with the vision of what John Summerall wants out of a program. Um, you know, are we going to go bowling? Maybe, you know, I, if he goes five and seven next year, I'm going to be upset just like everybody else is but I'm not going to be shocked either. Um, you know, Neil Brown's first year, he went four and eight. Um, you know, so uh, we should not be shocked and awed by not going bowling the first year. Um, I feel like by the second year we'll be bowling, but the first year, I, I don't know yet. Uh, the, the, the schedule that we currently have is kind of favorable for us. 
uh, to potentially go bowling. Um, right. If you've not seen the schedule yet, uh, we, we play our standard Sunbelt East uh, teams. And in the Sunbelt West, we play everybody but Texas State. Um, in the non-conference games, we have Alabama A&M at home. We have Army at home. Uh, we have Ole Miss away. And we have uh, former Sunbelt foe, uh, Western Kentucky away. Um, and Western Kentucky was in the um, CUSA championships this year um, and fell to UTSA. So uh, I feel like we have a schedule that's positioned to where we'll probably be in the break even point of five and seven to seven and five. We'll probably fall in that range next year, in my personal opinion. Um, but again, I wouldn't be shocked if we did better. But um, I feel like we'll kind of be in the middle. Um, but then it'll be the next year. It'll be year two of the John Summerall era where he kind of picks up. He's, he's got a year under his belt. He knows what the team's uh, culture is, and he can position them appropriately. It's just going to take him some time. It took Neil Brown a year, so let's give this man a year as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think, um, you know, I was trying to think back to Neil Brown's um, first year at Troy, and I was trying to remember if he had – we had four wins or five wins, four, four and eight, three and five in conference um, tied for fifth. So, you know, obviously that wasn't, we weren't excited about that at that point, uh, but I think John has um, a similar advantage that Neil had, which is people are pretty upset. You know, they don't, the chip era was terrible. Um, fans wanted it over as soon as possible. Um, so I think people are going to give him some time um, because they trust him. So um, so great answer. You definitely got the worm on that one. Uh, and Seabass swims to live another day. Um, As always, you know, I, I try my best around here. And, uh, you know, I feel like the um, the staff at Troy Athletics is also kind of on board with that kind of idea. They're, they're kind of uh, sitting here thinking that this may be a long term hire. It's, it's not going to be a short term hire. hire. And uh, they're kind of evidencing that with the excellence fund that they put out. Um, you know, at Troy Trojan Athletics and the Trojan Warrior Club have sponsored uh, the Trojan Excellence Fund. And if you haven't found it, you can go to troytrojans.com slash FB fund and uh, you can find a way to contribute. And they're looking to build um, kind of a pool to help support John Summerall and the football team. And that may be what we use to kind of, you know, boost an incentive in his contract to make him stay. You know, if he becomes successful three, four years down the road, we want him to stay and continue to be successful with us and not put us in the weird predicament of, you know, which chip are we going to put in the dip after him, you know? So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And if you're, you know, you have any funds available and are willing to contribute, I highly recommend that so that we can keep this coach. Cause I believe that this is the coach for the long-term haul. You know, he may, he may be the next Larry Blakeney. We don't know that kind of stuff yet. Um, so if we're willing to, to invest in him, just like he wants to invest in us, I think this could be a good long-term relationship between him and us and Troy Trojans. Absolutely. Um, you know, I did it. It, it was, um, it, it's, it, you know, they're, they're asking for people to really invest. Um, and I called up and talked to Gary Wilbert. Um, he was an excellent guy, a, a Troy graduate himself. Um, and he'd be happy to talk to anybody. Um, you know, you can set up something monthly, quarterly. Um, you know, they, they want to work with you. Um, so if you have the resources um, and you want to get behind this team, you know, we asked Brent Jones in the athletic department to bring us a leader. Um, they've done that. And this is kind of how we pay for it. So, um, you know, if you want to invest in the product you see on the field, um, absolutely do what Seabass said, get involved. 
um, in this in this new fund and this new way to support the football program. One more time into the breach for this regular season. It is my sacred duty to put on one of those little things that looks like aluminum foil, uh, put some tape over my eyebrows, and go into the heat that is Troy fans to bring you the TroyFans.com hot take of the week. So hot. All right, so this week um, to end the season, I'm actually not going to be uh, in Troy fans. I'm going to be in another area that has been, if Troy fans is uh, just a constant inferno, like Sloss Furnace back in the day, uh, Troy Trojan's social media has been like a lightning fire, you know, just sweeping across California or something like that. It's been dormant for a long time, uh, but the past week it has been absolutely blazing. Um, and so the day before John Summerall was hired, uh, Troy Trojans football put out a picture um, of this kind of wall graphics that they've put up in the weight room. Uh, it has next year's schedule on it, um, and it has the, the phrase, destiny favors the prepared above it, um, which is pretty cool. They do a great job, I think, of all these things. Uh, and then, I mean, it hadn't been up for a minute. And here comes this guy who says, I hate to be this guy. But nothing would make us more prepared than just hiring John Summerall now before early signing day. Shrug emoji. You know, I remember reading that. Yeah. I, I, re I remember who said that. Yeah. When I have to say to this guy, like, what do you think they were doing, buddy? Like, do you think they just were sitting around? You think your little post, they're like, oh, yeah, we forgot to call him. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, hot damn. You know, we got, yeah. we got to hire somebody. <laughs> so, uh, you know, most importantly, obviously, that was me. Um, and so I give myself the hot tank of the week award. Congratulations. Um, yeah, keeping it, keeping it in the family. That's um, right. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it can happen. Like it was that, that two days, 48 hours before we got John, um, you know, Troy fans were, were porcupines uh, walking around very, very, uh, you know, upset. As far as a hot take of the year, uh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen to um, all the winners we had. Uh, and the next time we get together, probably for early signing day, I will release uh, who was the hot take of this season. Um, there were so many good ones. I mean, I was thinking back uh, this morning, getting prepared for this. Uh, you know, I, I had even forgotten about the poem, um, you know, and like so that I mean, the poem that was a good gonna, one. That was a classic. It's going to be hard to beat. You know, I mean, that one's that one's going to be in the running. Uh, every year. Uh, so, so you'll definitely look for um, our early signing day episode, um, which we'll put out um, and let you know kind of who we've got. Um, and then as we move into the off season, obviously we've had some people reach out, uh, kind of want to know what the Troy boys schedule is going to be. Um, you know, we support all Troy athletics, um, but we, uh, we just simply can't um, get on here and, and, and tell you every time uh, the men and women's basketball team plays. Uh, none of us know enough about basketball to give you a real good conversation about that. Uh, but we're looking at doing some, some special things, um, you know, probably come to you before those tournaments, uh, maybe and bring somebody on that can give us a little more insight. Um, but definitely look for an early signing day episode. Uh, and then look in February for uh, some episodes uh, for the final signing day of the recruiting period. Um, and we'll come to you for tea day and spring practice. And before you know it, Seabass, I know it's amazing, um, but we'll be sitting in July and we'll be getting ready to do our season preview. Um, so, right. you know, time, time flies. 
Um, we're here in Advent already again, um, and, and before we know it, it'll be 100 degrees outside, um, and we'll be talking about uh, how much Troy is going to beat Alabama A&M by. Um, so that'll, I look forward to having that conversation. Um, uh, last thing I want to say is just how much we appreciate all the people who have listened to this podcast, reached out to us, um, threatened to burn our houses down. However you've chosen to interact, um, I really, really appreciate it. Um, and, and the other guys do too. Um, obviously, we, like I've said before, we lose money by doing this. We could be doing other things, um, but we really enjoy doing it. We love Troy football. Uh, we think it deserves everything that other programs have, including a podcast. Um, and we'll do this one until somebody does a better one. Uh, but we really do have a lot of fun. So we appreciate y'all listening and sharing. Seabass, um, any final words as we kind of close up this regular season? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, fins down on the season, but fins up on the higher. Looking forward to the future. Like, rate, subscribe, share the podcast, get the news out there. Because next season, we, we, we have a lot of stuff in the works. It's going to be a nicer, neater, cleaner season next year. This was our trial run to see if people would even respond or be interested. And we've gotten some good feedback from people. If you are a fan of anybody that the Troy Trojans are playing next year, reach out to us because we need to know your foes for next year. And we would love to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. Well, CBS, thanks so much uh, for being a part of the podcast this year. Look forward to doing it with you again next year. Uh, to the Birdman, sorry he couldn't be with us today, uh, but, but big thanks to him for all the editing and everything he does for us. Uh, I'll sign off the way I have all season uh, with a little bit of a twist, and that's by saying, go Trojans, and we want to do the wave.